First of all, this band still exists. We could go see this band right now. No joke. We chose to not go see quote unquote Stone Temple Pilots tonight. <laughs> we talked about it. We actually messaged back and forth. Yeah. We were going to go see. Well, because the cult is also on the bill. Which so is, we yeah. were going to go see the cult. But in order to see the cult, we would have to see fake Stone Temple Pilots <laughs> and Bush. So, you know, I'm not about to do that. Pure punishment. Although I guess we probably could have gone just to see the cult and then boned out. Boned out. But I don't know. Once <laughs> I'm the there. What does boned out mean? I've never heard anyone say that before. Just bailed. Boned out, dude. We just boned out. But here's the thing. The truth is, is, if we were there, the morbid curiosity of the ash heap, which is fucking Stone Temple Pilots, it's like watching a train wreck. You can't turn away. We would definitely still be there right now. I don't know how I could have left. By the end of it, your eyes are bleeding because you're like, I can't stop <laughs> looking and I have to keep looking. They've got some new metal guy singing. I, I haven't. And he's, he's doing his best fucking Scott Weiland impersonation. And his name is Jeff Gut. Oh, boy. Like, Gut, like beer gut. We're going to go. Jeff man. Gut with two T's. Gut. Oh, two T's? Gut. Jesus Christ. Jeff Gut. I'd, I would rename myself. Well, that might be a stage name. I mean, in his defense. That was it? That was what he came up he with? He could be a Cletus T. Judd no. type figure. No and way. He could, no. Hey, he could have another career that we don't know about. I don't know. If his fucking name is not that, then what the fuck? I mean, I went and listened to some of the songs with this new singer, and it is super uncomfortable. Is it? I legitimately couldn't do it. It's um, fucked up, honestly. It's yeah, it's Because yeah. he's just trying to sound like Scott Whiteland. And yeah, maybe sometimes he does, but also... Also, the entire concept, not cool. Often what times what happens is Scott Weiland, shitty singer that he yeah. was. Yeah, that does happen to a lot of bands. <laughs> Scott, Scott Weiland happens to a lot of bands. So, no, <laughs> the thing was, he was a uniquely shitty singer. And so other people try to be uniquely shitty singers also to imitate the uniquely shittiness of Scott Weiland. You are already making so many people mad because what we're going to have to talk <laughs> about is how not unique Scott Weiland was. <laughs> well, he was uniquely shitty. Okay. It's like every turd pile is unique. Are there two turd piles that match? I don't know. Well, think. yeah. Are your intestines like fingerprints? Can someone look at a shit that you took and <laughs> you tell always take the same shit? It came out of your guts, your Jeff oh, guts. Man, this is definitely a Scott Weiland shit right here. I better imitate it. <laughs> That's a Jeff gut shit if I've ever seen one. I think it's possible for bands to replace the guitar player and go on drummer, bass player. The singer, the guy that's actually, no, not like Maynard, you know, some sort of weirdo that hangs out in the shadow the whole time. Like no. somebody else could be singing Maynard's parts and you would never know. He could not be on the stage and you wouldn't know. 100%. Yeah. It does not work with Scott Weiland at all. I mean, they started Velvet Revolver. They should have just said never going back. And Velvet, I mean, I don't well, know. That's just Velvet Revolver Scott. probably covered some Guns N' Roses songs and probably covered some Stone Temple Pilots yeah, songs. I so, I mean, so. just start a different band. You can cover some songs if you want to. This band is not not a band without Scott Weiland. No. I'm sorry. I know there are DeLeo Brothers fanboys out there, but yeah. fuck you, yeah. guy. Like, <laughs> this Scott Weiland is this band. No one cares about this band without Scott Weiland. Mm -mm. And also, Scott Weiland agrees with me. Quote, I don't give a fuck what they call themselves, but it's not Stone Temple Pilots, end quote. True. So what are you going to do? Yeah. And I just feel like it bastardizes the name. I don't know. It just... Because it's presented as like, this is the new singer of Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, come on. What if you rolled through the Burger King drive-thru tomorrow, the voice came on through the drive-thru, and they were like, yo, I know our menu is Burger King, but we're actually only serving McDonald's today. Yeah. That'd be pretty fucking weird, right? Yeah. It's exactly the same situation as we're talking about. All of the fans of your favorite band sucks. We chose to be here with you tonight instead of watching that train wreck. This is what would have happened. We would have gone to the show. We would have gotten the only way we could have sat through the whole thing is to be wasted. We'd be drunk. 
We would have had to come over here to record this. I am drunk. We would be shit-faced, passed out on the floor, whispering into the microphones. <laughs> That's all we would be doing for 30 minutes. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to get a lot louder when I am wasted. Uh, <laughs> it's really not that interesting to talk about what the band is now. It's like kicking a fucking dying person when they're on the ground, clutching their chest. Now, if you're still listening to this band, you're an idiot. Just shut the podcast off now. You just need to go. Yeah, who the fuck is buying a ticket to see the Stone Temple no, Pilots with here. a fake singer in 2018? Yeah, no. No one would even tell them to listen to this because no. you're fucking no. gone. Unsubscribe, like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You're a lost cause. You don't deserve to listen to this shit. That's true. All right, let's start talking about this band when they were something that a lot of people cared about. Which was uh, Never. No, it happened. I know, the first record. The song that ruined my summer. We'll get into it. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Let's get into that now. <laughs> Go ahead. No, it was... So when the first record comes Did out... Did you lose and- your virginity to Stone Temple Pilots? <laughs> no, Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, Plush. When Plush was the biggest song on earth... Actually, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the acoustic version was way bigger than the original version, and it was a plague upon the earth. If you, at the time when CD players existed, you ran out of CDs to listen to, so you turned the radio on because people still listened to the radio back then, mm-hmm. you were going to hear that song, and no matter what channel. So if you are on a Top 40 channel... If you're on an easy listening channel, if you're on active rock channel, it does not matter. You are going to hear the fucking song. Yeah, it was a crossover. And after hearing it for the third time, I was just like, this is bullshit. I fucking hate this. I mean, there would be times, I'm really not kidding. There would be times when you would change the channel and it would literally be the <laughs> next song that that channel yeah. played. And you would be like, are you fucking, you couldn't avoid it. It's still, if it comes on, I still, I fucking hate it. I hate that song. I hate the acoustic version. I hate the regular version. I fucking hate it. And, 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 and I feel, and I feel that when the dogs begin to smell her. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I can't even joke. That was so good. <laughs> I can't even joke. That's not, that's not oh, for, hate that song. Uh, for everyone, literally every other person who's not me and wasn't in this room, Mark Mosley just lost his shit when I did that <laughs> and it was worth it. I'm telling you, it's like a moment. It's like, this like, this just washes over me and I lose control. All right. I'm certain that someone's going to get mad at me for saying it, but there should be no confusion as to what this music is. What this is, is pop grunge. This is shiny grunge. Do people disagree with that? I'm sure that they will. Well, fuck. This is the poppiest. That's actually a perfect way to describe this band. It is pop grunge. End of story. It's grunge from California. Sunshine grunge is great. So just north of them was sad grunge. And then south of them was grunge from a place that has sunny beaches and people with a lot of bleached teeth. How amazing would the world be if grunge never existed? Oh, better. Rock music would still exist. It would. Grunge was the shittiest version of rock. You would be able to make a living with a guitar in the year 2018 if grunge had never happened. Yeah. Because post-grunge never would have happened. Which, by the way, if you think that I just made up a genre, go go back and listen to our Nirvana episode and we talk about what bands are post-grunge and how they are the bands that murdered rock. Grunge inspired the music that killed all rock music. (laughs) Stone Temple Pilots' first album sounds like it was produced by Butch Vig. It wasn't, but it fucking sounds like it. Yeah. And I mean, the guy who did produce it produced the Black Crow's first album. And I don't remember his name, but just fuck him in general, obviously. I hope his career's over. Yeah, please end this guy's career. Seriously. The Black Crow's? The Black Crow's. 
We might not even ever do an episode on the Black Crows because you should fucking know better. There are bands that are so bad. We couldn't even do an episode on them because I can't imagine that anybody actually listens to them. The Black and fucking Crows. The fact that anybody would even say that their band was their favorite band just makes me sad. Ugh. It would just depress me. Hey, little thing, let me latch Jesus Christ, my dude, stop. I'm not in the mood for the singing bad songs. Here's how much Stone Temple Pilots suck. They cite Aerosmith as an influence. Jesus. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine being a fan of that band. Like, if you are a self-proclaimed fan of Stone Temple Pilots and you read that, you should just walk away. Unacceptable bands? Aerosmith. No. You're not allowed to like this band. No. Aerosmith is terrible. They have one good song and it fucking blows. If we ever get a chance to like take this on the road or do something fun with it for real, people that with Aerosmith shirts should just be banned altogether. Like, not even as a joke. Ha, ha, ha. If you show up wearing an Aerosmith shirt, you don't get your money back, yeah. and you have to sit outside. Honestly, even if you bought that shirt ironically... No, it's not ironic. You're still too stupid to be trusted with a debit card. Just wait till we do Aerosmith. And I really don't hear much Aerosmith in Stone Temple Pilots' music, but you can find a video of them playing Sweet Emotion with Steven Tyler and Joe mm -hmm. Perry. It's a little weird, though, because you can see that Scott Weiland has to have Steven Tyler whisper the lyrics of the song into oh, his really? ear, like right before he sings oh, each line. God. So like Steven Tyler leans over and whispers the lyric into his ear right before he sings it, which is, I mean, I don't know. You'd think if Aerosmith was such a big influence and they weren't just talking oh, bullshit. Oh man, we love Aerosmith. Cool, why don't you know the fucking words to some of their big, their, their only good song. <laughs> why don't you know the lyrics to their only good song if you like that band? Should we do Ragdoll instead? Do you know the lyrics to that? Of course you fucking don't. <laughs> right. Stone Temple Pilots are just an anxiety-inducing band for me. Altogether, just hearing that story, thinking about Plush, just immediately gives me anxiety. I just see that, and I'm like, oh my God, it sends shivers down my Well, spine. yeah, I mean, you weren't kidding a minute ago when I, no, I snuck no, that lyric in. You could see it on well, your face. It was like an involuntary reflex. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to know where the shit really came from, which definitely wasn't Aerosmith, just look at the big four of grunge. You got Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and Nirvana. Yeah. If you throw those four bands into a blender, you get Stone Temple Pilots' first two albums. It is like they stole from their friends. The LA Times called this band the Stone Temple Pirates because of how much they stole. They took shitty rock and roll and made it shittier because they copied it and just shittified it. Shittify. Yeah, you trademark Shittify by now, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be on a shirt. So David Spade, uh, I think it was when he was doing the weekend updates on Saturday Night Live. Could be wrong about that. But David Spade said he liked Stone Temple Pilots better the first time when they were called Pearl Jam. Matt Cameron of Pearl Jam called Stone Temple Pilots painful to listen to. He's right. I don't know if he just meant their music or the reunion period or the entire thing from beginning to end, but if you've got a member of Pearl Jam saying your band is bad, then you know your band is bad because Pearl Jam is an extremely bad band and they're looking down on you. Just, imagine a shitty band oh, saying your band is yeah, shitty. I know, I know. Imagine if Paul McCartney was like, oh my God, that band is so bad. You would just have to quit at that point because <laughs> one of the worst guys to happen to music just dunked on you. It's not. 
not a good situation. <laughs> this would be a career-ending thing right there. Give up. Go home. I remember when these guys came out thinking they were... Oh, by the way, uh, we should say this is the best grunge band. Of course. This is, of course, the best grunge band. They're just still also fucking terrible. I would say they were by far the most accessible true grunge band. Because I don't consider a Pearl Jam to be a grunge band. They were just like a shitty, weird mumble. They were like mumble rap before mumble rap was. It was like mumble rock. Pearl Jam was homeboy, was obsessed with Stevie Ray Vaughan. And then other homeboy was obsessed with Hendrix, which... Get the fuck out of here. So here's what here's what I can say. Stone Temple Pilots is better than Alice in Chains. Stone Temple Pilots is better than Soundgarden. Stone Temple Pilots is better than Pearl Jam. And Stone Temple Pilots is a lot fucking better than Nirvana. But this band fucking sucks. Yeah, see, I disagree with on all those things. You don't think Stone Temple Pilots is better than any of those bands? I think Stone Temple Pilots is worse than Alice in Chains. Mm-mm. I think they're worse than Pearl Jam. Mm. What? Yellow Leadbetter Pearl Jam? Yeah, way worse. What, what's the one uh i feel like better man stone- dude better man go fuck yourself stone temple pilots is not worse than better man yeah uh, you need to have some time to think about this the example that you're using is better man of all fucking for all even songs Flo. you're fucking crazy nah, even for no sucks. fucking way. even Flo's a dumb song well, yeah it's dumb they all suck that all these songs suck this is so hard because on a scale of suckiness this is the worst scale to play in. Yeah, yeah. It's really small differences <laughs> right. that we're talking about. My point is, is that Stone Temple Pilots is, I, don't, I wouldn't even put them in the same category. It was just, they're a pop band, dude. You don't think Here's Stone Temple thing. Pilots is better than Nirvana? Stone Te- yes, I think they're better than Nirvana. Okay, all right. I, I just think that, I'm not making excuses for that, but uh, I think that when you said that grunge pop, whatever pop grunge, it is equally parts pop as it is grunge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just Scott Wellen to me was like the original. He was the Justin Bieber of rock and roll. I think this band is sort of the Led Zeppelin of grunge. They stole from all these other people. I got And, and okay. got really rich doing it. Do you think, what was it like to be Stone Temple Pilots at the time? Do you think they believed their own hype? Do you think they actually believed that what we're doing is so original and so great? Or did they recognize internally we're doing nothing but ripping off other bands? And So I get how you might think they had a lot of time to sit around and think about that. But here's what I think they were spending their time doing. Ka-ching! <laughs> they were cashing checks. checks. They weren't fucking stopping to think if anyone had a problem with anything they said or did. I wonder if there's traffic right now because I just want to go cash this check. They're making settle out of court money. Yeah. That's a whole different level of money. Just write checks. Like, money. yeah, fucking sue me. Okay, we'll take this million dollars. You could have just asked me. I would have just given it to you. So I remember thinking when these guys came out that they dressed like they were homeschooled. Awkward. Robert DeLeo dresses like he's about to go bowling. Wyland dresses like he legit shops at Goodwill. So awkward. And the goofy part is, is because they got so big off of a pop song blush so many bands ripped their style off so hard and it was like dude their style was dumb not good it was bad do you ever see one of those stp oil stickers and think oh that's funny stp like stone temple pilots Mm -hmm. it's not an accident these guys named their band after those stickers thanks guys oil stickers they decided (laughs) on the initials stp because of those oil stickers and then figured out what the words would be hey guys i got an idea So stupid. It's like every website starts with HTTP, so I'm going to name my fucking band something that's Do you think that they thought that the people who would have those stickers and recognize it would be their demographic? 
Do you think that they were like, let's make music for mechanics? No way. I don't think so. It doesn't sound like. No, no, no. I think mechanics. Plush. Are you kidding me? Is definitely not a fucking yeah, song mechanics sit around for and sure. to. Well, and then of course where the band ended up going, the middle of the road, shitty no, drops if, of Jupiter yeah, bullshit. Say, if every song was like dead and bloated or something like that, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say, okay, maybe it was written for the mechanic or blue collar or whatever, but come on, dude. No. Listen to the record. It's not. Of course, there's that well-known line about them having gone by Shirley Temple's pussy at one point. D- did you not know that? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. At one point, apparently, this band was Shirley Temple's pussy. That's weird. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it's really fucking weird. It's awkward. They should have just named this band Hard Rock Radio because I swear I've heard every single they ever put out at least 5,000 times. Everything they put out was a hit. Go back to the pop thing. Pop grunts, they were the most accessible, easy, basically top 40 band with guitars is what they were. On the same channel that played Backstreet Boys, they were playing Stone Temple Pilots, for real. They have 17 top 10 rock singles and seven number one rock singles. Do you know how fucking difficult it is to have seven number one rock singles? The Rolling Stones do not have anywhere near that number. When you look Stone at Temple the, Pilots are better than Rolling Stones. When you look at the chart and you go, oh, this band's big. We should do a song that sounds just like them. It's not that hard to have that many hits. I decided that I was going to go back and at least listen to Core for this episode because mm-hmm. that's the one album that everyone's going to hold. You can talk shit on the band, but you can't talk about shit about yeah, Core, yeah. dude. It's like the most classic album they wrote. Come on. It's like classic, classic. Yeah, that crowd is going to be strong classic. on this episode. Classic. I can feel it way far in advance. If one more tool emails us and says, dude, that's a classic. Dude, shut the fuck up. That is not an argument for why something is good or bad. It's a classic. Do you think that that is something that's worth sitting down and saying to us? (laughs) Do you think that we haven't considered that? Before we do everything that we're... We start with, it's a classic, motherfucker. <laughs> That's our starting point. What's a classic? Why does it yeah. suck? It's literally the first fucking question we ask ourselves. Do people describe this as classic? Yes. Bingo episode. Okay, so obviously I've heard Core front to back several fucking times. I was eight years old when it came out, but one of my cousins was into it. I had older cousins. I've heard this thing, but it's been a while. So I go back... I press play on it and I shit you not, I had to pause it eight seconds in because I was already laughing my dick off. I'll pause it if it's something that just makes me laugh because I know I'm going to be laughing instead of listening to it and I won't really hear it. And what made me pause it eight seconds into this, and this is honestly probably the fastest that I've ever fucking paused an album. And the reason I had to pause it is because this album begins with, I am smelling like a rose that somebody gave me on my birthday deathbed. Somebody's totally calling the cops right now. I am <laughs> like basically a fucking karaoke bar in this fucking place right now. I mean, we could, <laughs> we could talk about just this for a long time. I am. I could do half an hour on this. If you look up, do, please do this. Please look up any video of Stone Temple Pilots playing this song in front of an audience. He does the, the microphone in front of the megaphone thing for the vocal effect. Uh-huh. They usually do this drawn out jam thing to intro the song. And then he finally does, I am. 
moment and he goes through the first whole line. And as soon as he gets done singing the first line, everyone in the crowd starts singing the second line without waiting. Right, right. For him to sing it or start. It's the rhythm of the fucking song. You wait. Every single fan of this band has such bad rhythm. Watch Scott like, okay, and here's where the crowd starts singing in the wrong place. And then I wait (laughs) and then I start singing in the right place. Every single fucking time. That's so awkward. It's brutal. You always find the most fucked up <laughs> videos. It just oh well, no 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 please you. please allow me to make myself clear. I didn't find a video. I found twenty five videos <laughs> of them doing this song what? live, and every single one the crowd is wrong, and it's always brutal to watch a band suffer through their fans' idiocy. You know what that is? That's the equivalent of assholes that write songs that end, but they don't actually end. Right. So they play the song live, and people start clapping, but there's actually still another verse left. That, to me, is the most embarrassing thing. Do you know what I think it would be like? I think it would be like if you were a parent and you raised a kid that was just a fuck-up. Like, the parent is the band, and the kid is all the fans, and you raised a kid that was just constantly fucking their lives up. You just can't do anything about it. I'm a shitty parent. I guarantee you that Stunt Temple Pilots knows they're a bad band because of how <laughs> awful their fans are at singing their fucking songs. How hard is it to sing along to a song? Yeah, you don't have to do God. shit. I try to think of all the times I've seen bands play where something like that happens, and it is the most embarrassing thing. It's awful. 100. Because the band you know, knows. Seriously, after like the third time playing it live, and if it, that happened to every show, I would just change the fucking song. I would just say, yeah, fine, you're right, fine. That's how we sing it now. Right. Fuck it. So we have new t-shirts, but I just realized, can we say, how how specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts? Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain 90s runs rock band uh, and or another famous rock band from the across the pond. It rhymes with the bowling bones. <laughs> the bowling bones. Yeah. Shmervana. <laughs> Shmervana. Come on down to yfbspod.com merch store. Buy a t-shirt, buy a flag, buy a pin, buy a sticker. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I probably could talk about just this part of this song for a solid 15 minutes, and I don't know whether we should start on the lyrics or the production. So whatever you want to do. The lyrics? Um... All right. So the lyrics, I am smelling like the rose that somebody gave me on my birthday deathbed. This is damn near Interpol levels of meaninglessness. <laughs> it's just word salad. In fact, the Interpol guy may have even been a Scott Weiland fanboy because STP lyrics almost never make any sense at all. It sounds like some incoherent rambling on mushrooms. If you're like eating a shit ton of mushrooms and someone goes, say words, and you just yeah. can't really talk because <laughs> words, words are meaningless because you're tripping your balls off, and yes. you just go... I mean, I'm just like smelling roses. I'm like, I'm going to give me on my birthday deathbed. And you're like, it's so deep, dude. Let's turn it into a song. The first thing that stands out to people is obviously birthday deathbed because that- Which makes no sense. Doesn't fucking mean, it's not a thing. It doesn't mean anything. At first you might think he just means someone died on their birthday. The next line has him saying he's dead and bloated. So you're like, yeah, they're dead on their birthday. 
But then after that, the rest of the lyrics are clearly not about a dead person. The rest of the lyrics are clearly about a person who is alive and like moving around and functioning in the world. So it just doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I'm trying to make sense of it. And I hate it because I'm actually like trying to dissect it. It doesn't make any sense. sense. I'm trying to right now actually think of what it might mean, but it makes no sense. That's the first thing that obviously would get your attention. But here's my thing. Here's my pro level concern. I want to know about this rose. Specifically the rose? The rose that someone gave him and why he's smelling like that rose. Because. Go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, this whole thing, it makes me think of how Tool fans try to dissect the meaning of everything that he writes. Yeah. So let's do that with Stone Temple Pilots. Here's my question. Is today your birthday deathbed or was your birthday deathbed a long time ago? Because you're dead and bloated. I want to know how long it took before you decided to rub a rose all over your body because that's the only way that you're going to end up smelling like you're a rose. You're smelling like that rose. If you just rub it all over your, just real nasty like. Yeah, but how do you do that if you're dead? And are you dead on your birthday? But see, if you're bloated, you've probably been dead for a minute. You know, I'm just trying to do the math here. You didn't just die. So are you already dead on your birthday? Is this some deep like Sylvia Plath? We're all dying. Like, <laughs> it's like trying so hard to be that. It might be that. I picture Scott Weiland going to his closet and taking a shoebox down from a tall shelf, going over to his bed, setting it on the bed and taking the lid off <laughs> yeah. and then pulling out this old shriveled up rose and uh. then just like rubbing it all over his chest. This is my deathbed. Like a fucking weirdo. What the I don't fuck? Know. That's a disturbing image. By the way, we're still talking about the first eight seconds of the first Stone Temple Pilots album. That's where we are. Buckle up, everybody. We're maybe half an hour <laughs> deep into this podcast. The production on it, it's just Scott Weiland's voice. Straight vocal intro, which is fine. But I'm guessing they wanted it to sound like it was coming out of some small speaker or some shitty speaker or something. Story, so they put yeah. this effect on it. And I don't know what the thinking was there but the way it sounds is like if your uncle came home drunk from the bar immediately went to the bathroom shut the door and started yelling at you while he was shitting out of his ass <laughs> I am smelling like a rose that somebody gave me on my birthday deathbed See, I just hear what sounds like someone... Sounds like he's halfway through pushing a log out. <laughs> you know those microphones that normally like go on the snare mic that are smaller? Something like that. And they like shoved it in his mouth. It's actually in his mouth. So I don't know. That's what it sounds like <laughs> to me. <laughs> it sounds so awful. He's just trying to enunciate words while this microphone is buried in his throat. So one problem that I have with music is that I have this sort of obsessive personality. And I'll, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get hung up on shit. And so I'll... How many times did you listen to this part? That's, <laughs> yeah. I really did listen to it probably 150 times. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> and that was kind of a problem because I was really just trying to listen to this album, trying to get through the album. All the songs just sound the fucking same. Mm-hmm. You know, I would get bored and I would just start it over so I could hear the part that I knew was going to make me laugh again every time. <laughs> I would get to like track five or six. God, this sucks. And I would just go back to the beginning just so I could hear, oh, just punishing yourself with this over and over great. again. It's so fucking terrible that it's so funny, man. And the whole time you're seriously like, oh, what the fuck is he talking about? What so, the fuck is he talking about? I'm trying to understand what the fuck is this. Basically, it took me a long time to get through this album. <laughs> Just working your way through it. See, I can't. I can go through it until I get the plush and then I love oh, that. Well, I can't do it, dude. I literally can't listen to the song. It starts playing. I hear the guitar part and I'm done. I'm out. And I can't listen to anything else they've ever done. Well, I'm sure you've heard people talk about how that song is influenced by Jean Benet 
Ramsey. I feel like I've heard it. I don't the remember. Whole, when the dogs begin to smell her line. Right, 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 right. I remember that behind the music shit or something I watched. It's one of those things where people say it as if it's supposed to automatically be good. You know it's about John Bonnet Ramsey, right? Oh, well, oh, fuck. Well, shit, that makes it so much better. Oh, my God, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, let's give this band a Grammy Award. Yeah. It's so much deeper and more meaningful than I had no idea. Oh, my God, this is the greatest rock band of all time. I would bet that even the most diehard STP fan starts reaching for the skip button by the fourth or fifth song encore. It's not a good album. No, they skip pretty quick, dude. The second song is Sex Type Thing, and that one starts off with, I am, I am, I am, I said I want to get next to you. Yeah. Apparently, it's impossible for the this band to start their songs with any other two <laughs> words except for I am. He went from being dead and bloated to wanting to be next to you. So fucking formulaic and repetitive. It's just the same shit over and over again. The third song is Wicked Garden. And yeah, if you can't tell, half these songs are about sex. Wicked Garden. Uh, let me remind everyone, this came out in 1992. So this is from an era in which pubic hair still existed. I'm so, gonna run through your wicked garden. Yeah, that's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> with like a 90s swamp bush. Yeah, think about that. He wants to run through your wicked bush. Because that's the place to find you. <laughs> he can find you in your bush and you can find him dead and bloated. This dude's fucked up. I think so. Then what's the next thing? The fourth track is some horribly boring instrumental. And then the fifth song is Sin, which sounds like they ripped off three or four Led Zeppelin riffs and just played them backwards or something. They also use Zeppelin's genius idea of making songs that are way too long and putting god-awful guitar solos in the middle of them. This song Sin is six minutes long and it has one of the worst solos I've ever heard. So this is a thing I think people should do. Your friends, if your friends listen and they love Stone Temple Pilots and they say that Core is their favorite album, say name five songs off the record. How about this? No. Name two songs that aren't plush, dead and bloated, and Wicked Garden. Name one non-single. There you go. Bingo. They can't do it. Let's go. No, wait. Because people go, oh, I love Core. It's such a great record. No, you like four songs. People don't even know that there are other songs besides those four songs. Well, I think that they know that there are other songs that exist on the album. No, but- it's Dead Space. <laughs> It's just silence. Because all they did when they were teenagers was fast forward through the tape. That's one of those things where what you just said is going to be my favorite line in this episode. (laughs) Like, that people don't know that there even are other songs on the album. Okay, okay. That's good Mark Mosley stuff. I really tried to get through this whole album, but I had to skip so much. I couldn't hang. There's this song, Naked Sunday. Couldn't get through that. There's this song, Creep, which is just unlistenable. What about Wet My Bed? Terrible, (laughs) terrible. There's a song called Piece of Pie, and it's a straight Alice in Chains ripoff. Where the River Goes, which obviously just wants to be Led Zeppelin. All these guys know how to do is copy other people. That's all they know how to do. There isn't anything original on this album at all, which is why it became one of the biggest rock albums of the 90s because people love bad, unoriginal music. Yep. Rolling Stone Magazine's 1994 Reader's Poll had STP voted as the best band, but the magazine's writers voted them the worst band in the same issue. (laughs) It's an issue of Rolling Stone where whoever reads this fucking magazine gets the vote on who the best band is and then the people who are professional music critics get to say who the worst band is and they all agree. So by the way, if you're having a hard time dealing with the fact that we can say Stone Temple Pilots was the best grunge band or I can say that and also sucked, hey, there's precedent for it. I would just like to say quick side note just in case Tyler edits out the fact that I was laughing that entire time. 
time. He was, I was laughing yeah. the entire time that he was saying that. I was legitimately laughing the whole time. Here's how bad this fucking band is. I'm surprised they haven't been put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's how bad. Uh, I didn't know they were. If you, no, I would fully expect this I band to be in there. This band is so bad that I assumed they were in the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. They should get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just because they had a hit song called Vaseline where the guitar riff was literally (laughs) that's a fucking guitar riff you can make millions of dollars by doing that on a guitar which okay which it kind of actually sounds like a slowed down version of dead and bloated if you could be one of the biggest rock bands on the fucking planet with this guitar riff what are we doing? Flies in the bassoline we are. I'm not sure there's a live video of this band playing any one of their songs where Dean DeLeo doesn't fuck up the guitar riff to his own song. <sighs> the thing is, I don't play guitar. I feel like I could play these riffs. It's just ascending and descending. Right. Like that song, Down. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Like all their riffs are just go up and then go back down. Well, I was just thinking, like I'm looking through the album on Spotify, the biggest songs, Interstate Love Song, Vaseline. These aren't complicated riffs. <laughs> no. And then I was thinking about it. There's no way they could play song like Interstate Love Song, which is like Plush Junior. Yeah. It's the second, oh shit, this is anxiety inducing song. I'm not kidding you. Probably the most anxiety inducing songs on earth 100% anxiety inducing songs for me plush i can vouch he's upset interstate <laughs> love song is a close second what's real crazy i think this might blow your mind is the general consensus in current music criticism is that interstate love song is the best stone temple pilot song that is so fucked are you aware of this no yeah really people think that's the best stone temple pilot song i've seen people say that that's the best song of the 90s no way yeah no way no yeah man people think that this is genius because it's just fake country music is what it is (laughs) yeah it's got that twang to it dude is that a steel guitar in there it's a slide yeah oh it's a slide okay same fucking thing all right, we're skipping around a lot, but we talked about core a lot. After core, they do purple, which is basically just core Vaseline, part. Vaseline, the Vaseline, yeah. we all. Core part two. Vaseline, interstate love song, huge song. And then tiny music, which has a longer title that only assholes say the whole thing when they're talking about this band, so I'm not going to do it. From the Mike Moses. Any title that has dot, dot, dot in it. <laughs> Tiny music, dot, dot, dot. Songs from the Vic. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Remove this Fiona Apple Did bullshit. Did they have any hits off that, really? I mean, I don't really. Uh, I think Big Bang Baby and Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart was definitely a hit. Hit play on that for a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Lady Picture Show was a hit. Oh, Lady Picture Show was. And that's really where you can see the turn that this band makes because that's how you end up at Sour Girl is Lady Picture There's Show. There's no way if you started off loving this band with core that you get to Lady Picture Show and you actually consider yourself a fan of the band still. Well, Tiny Music starts off with this weird sort of lounge music, elevator music thing that would be one of the most baller moves in history if that was the sound that they decided to switch their entire band to. But it turns out it's just some stupid intro. Press play, dude. Just press play. To what ends up being a very awful album. So stupid. 
This is the album where they really start turning down the distortion and they get a lot poppier. This is where they just become a pop band. Here's what's fucked up is this is also where a lot of people start giving them, oh, this band is good now because they changed and started doing this thing. No, most bands do this. Most rock bands have a hit with a softer, slower song and then gradually sneak more of that sound into their sound. That is the most formulaic thing you can do as a mainstream rock band. And it's all that Stone Temple Pilots did. So anyone who wants to kiss their ass or get such a brave move to pivot to commercial sounds or whatever, no, it's the least brave move. The truth is, is if Justin Bieber existed, that's what it would be. It just, he didn't exist. So people couldn't make the parallel. Chasing after dollar signs. It would take me all day to list bands who started off as rock bands, had a hit with some fucking lukewarm song. They just do that over and over again. The fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. The acoustic version of Plush being as big as it was was the worst thing that ever happened to this band. By the time you get to Big Bang Baby, oh, this is clearly now just a pop band. If you make it through Big Bang Baby, there's no way you make it through Lady Picture Show. No way. That is an atrociously bad song. Lady Picture Show is a truly terrible fucking song. So bad. There are other songs. I mean, there's a song, And So I Know, uh, Art School Girl. I I can't handle these songs. I can't get through this shit. I don't know how anyone could. Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart. I've also seen this song called Their Best Song. What? So it's so great. It's so genius. It's like, no, that is not good. It's not good music. What fucking trash website do you read? Is it literally trash.com? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is. I don't know what drugs you have to do to think this is awesome, but if you guys have them and I don't, please share. Uh, <laughs> you need to share that now. I want to be as high exactly. as you are, for sure. <laughs> I want to believe this is good. Here's some lyrics from Art School Girl. I got a girlfriend. She goes to art school. I got an art school girlfriend. Yeah. I got a girlfriend. She got a girlfriend. We got a girlfriend and she got to go. She left her home from sweet Alabama. Rose, Alabama for the city. New York City. Yeah. Then he repeats the line, I told you five or four times. What's going on here? Seriously, if you're a fucking college student and you're paying money to have some old motherfucker teach you about music or some (laughs) shit, which by the way, congratulations on being a fucking moron. (laughs) But if you are, please ask your music professor to talk about this song in class because this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard on an (laughs) album that has sold this many fucking copies. Ask them to talk about it and then record it and send it to us. The chorus of the song is him going, I told you five or four times, eight times, which isn't five or four. So I don't fucking know what the fuck is going on here. I told you five or four times, eight times. I wish we were live. Fuck this shit, dude. <laughs> fuck this shit. I wish people could see how animated you just got. Tyler was extremely animated. When Sour, Sour Girl. What is Sour Girl? What even is this song? This is the end of... Stone Temple Pilots, period. This was a massive hit song. Well, people are fucking idiots. People are fucking dumb. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was in the video, so everyone thinks it's fucking great. It's not great. It's awful. This is the worst shit. How do you listen to... Okay, let's just start from the beginning. How do you listen to Dead and Bloated and say... I love this band, and then listen to Sour Girl and go, I love this band. 
Me personally, as a successful auto mechanic, I'm offended that they think this is the journey I wanted to go on <laughs> with them as a band. Because as a successful auto mechanic, again, I was really happy with their debut. I had you no know, idea. I really, yeah. Side thing here. I had no idea. That's crazy. And Look at you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Look at you. So Sour Girl was too much for you. Because sounds hard. You yeah. Know, solid, hardcore. Core, motherfucker. Yes. And I mean, dead and bloated, you're banging your head while you're fucking changing shit. I am yeah. banging my head to this fucking song while I turn my monkey wrench. Yeah. yeah. I am. Jesus, this is awesome. You just got a whole new lyrics. It's <laughs> great. But no, when it gets to Sour Girl, I feel betrayed by this band. Totally fair. The lyrics of the song are pretty creepy. I don't know if you've ever analyzed I have the listened to this song beginning to end maybe three times ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I heard it, and I remember thinking, wow, this band has gone off a cliff. The entire course of the song consists of the words, what would you do? What would you do if I follow you? What would you do? What would you do yeah. if I follow you? This is from the same band that wrote, I am <laughs> smelling like a follow you. Come on, man. What would I do if you followed me? What would you do? I would probably call the cops, motherfucker. If I followed you. Why are, why are you following me? Because I'm dirt <laughs> I would probably call the fucking cops, I think. Yeah, no shit. Especially. Don't be sour, girl. Oh, also in the words, he says that he met the girl when she was a teenager. So the girl that he's following is a teenager. All right, Scott. We're getting into some Weezer territory here. I think you shouldn't be following this girl. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Don't do yeah. this. The optics on this look bad. Aren't good. <laughs> it looks uh, bad. Don't follow teenage girls and ask them what they would do if you what would you do if you follow them. <laughs> Honestly, if I <laughs> I'm, I want you to know that I'm leaving every single clip of you singing in this episode. It's so bad. <laughs> that it's whole album is very, very bad. No, it, I, yeah, I never listened to the record. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing it. The album? That album was all over the place. Between Sour Girl and the song Down. Which also, again, sounds like a completely different band. If you listen to Down and then you listen to Sour Girl, you do not think you are listening to the same fucking shit. Here's some collateral damage real fast. Stone Temple Pilots is heavier than Tool. Listen to like any of their heavy songs and the riffs are entirely better than Tool. And if you had Danny Carey drumming for Stone Temple Pilots, it would make it worse because here's the thing about Tool, no one wants to hear that shit. Circle jerk drummer bullshit. Go fuck yourselves. Oh, oh how good am I? Ha 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 ha. Did you see how fast I played that, Phil? Oh my God, <laughs> I'm great. And here's how little they were actually even trying when they made this album is that it's called number four. It's their fourth album and it's just called number four. Number four. Yep, print it. Yeah. Fucking. What do you guys want to call this album? Mm, fourth album. Let's just call it number four. Okay. STP, y'all. Have you ever seen how Scott Weiland dances? Like a worm? This is what he dances like. When I'm reading my son this book, and we get to the part where it says, wiggle like a worm, I think of Scott Weiland. Do you have kids' books that give you stage directions? This is a kids' book, <laughs> and it says, wiggle like Scott Weiland, and in parentheses, it says worm. All right, so here's what I think it looks like. Do you, I, don't, I have no idea what these things are called, but we all know what they are. You drive by car dealerships. It's always a car dealership, and they've got, it's like a 20-foot-tall thing, and it's supposed to look like a crazy dancing oh, the wiggle, guy. Oh, the wiggly guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that? I, I, I don't know. Is wacky, that, oh, wacky waving inflatable tube man. 
Is that what that's called? It's wacky, waving, flailing, in, yeah, inflatable it's just, tube man. It's flailing all around because there's from, air uh, blowing through it. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's, they're like 20 feet tall, right? Yeah. They're, they're pretty big. Uh, yeah. yeah. And like all different colors. And that's what I think Scott Weiland dances like. That. Wacky, waving, flailing, inflatable tube man. You should do commercials. <laughs> well, it was from Family Guy. <laughs> So you're saying Scott Weiland could literally be replaced by a wacky, waving, flailing, inflatable two-man. Yeah, I'm just, I'm pretty fucking weirded out by the guy. Like, he just weirds me out, I guess. Oh, do you want to know how much of a serial killer I think Scott Weiland probably was? Um, Motherfucker recorded a Christmas album. That's how much of a psychopath. Psychopath. Yeah, psycho. Do you never trust anybody that records a Christmas album? And it's his fourth solo album. So it practically took him no time to just make a Christmas album. Oh, it's my fourth album? Let's do Christmas. What if fucking Led Zeppelin, instead of making Led Zeppelin 4, did a fucking Christmas album? That's probably news to a lot of people. Again, this is where you stop listening, because what the fuck are you thinking, dude? You go back to, I think it's our third episode, that is just about how much all Christmas music sucks, and the people who make it are fucked up, and you're fucked up if you like it. No, yo, you cannot say that somebody is rock and roll and that they put out on a Christmas album in the same sentence. You just can't. Your tongue should explode out of your head oh man scott wyland was just like rock and roll incarnate oh did you listen to his christmas album boom your head explodes <laughs> that's what should happen i actually listened to some of it i can't believe it dude that's amazing it's awful <laughs> well it was it was difficult <laughs> which part is awful the, the christmas songs or the fact that scott wyland jingle bell jingle bell yeah do you jingle? No, if you could imagine Scott Weiland doing his best imitations of Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, Elvis Presley, Mm-mm. all Mm-mm. these old Mm-mm. assholes who sang these songs and singing the exact same songs. That's all Christmas music is, is the same fucking songs sung like this. Yeah. <laughs> Just for real, go fuck yourself. Leave me alone. Like, this is harassment. But you know what's fucked up is it probably sold like 100,000 copies or something like that because people are idiots. Who the hell wants to sit around their family? It's a nice romantic night, Christmas Eve. You want some eggnog and listen to Scott Weiland's Christmas rock? Who says that? Virgins. We got to stop talking about Christmas music or this whole thing is going to go off the rails. Dude, I'll get mad. I'll get mad about a completely separate subject. I'm just blown away that he wrote out a fucking Christmas album. I would like to say real quick in a moment of seriousness. Drugs are fucked up. We obviously didn't talk about it because it's really not funny. It's not funny. Yeah. And it's not fun to make light of. No, the no. The fact that people oftentimes do drugs in rock bands and end up being in really bad spots. I, I've seen videos of Scott Weiland and I know enough about drugs to be able to recognize that he was on them and it's i don't laugh about it it's, yeah. it's fucking terrifying it's this episode's ending on a real bummer mark i don't well, know i don't know why you wanted to talk no, about no this. no because i wanted to say it was like it was like <laughs> i was trying to think of all the i've been in, in the music business for so long and i've watched so many people go down shit roads and if you are like a, a musician and you want to you know get into music there's something you need to know about the music business is drugs are everywhere all the time. When yep. you get to a certain point, everyone is going to offer you free booze and free drugs all the time. Yeah, it's They're going to say, hey, drink this. Hey, take this. Hey, put this up your butt. When somebody <laughs> says, wait, 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 who said that to you? I'm just saying people say that shit. The point is, is don't fucking put stuff up your butt. You No, 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 no. <laughs> I disagree with, I completely disagree with you there. No, I'm just saying if it's put, drugs. Put things in your butt if no, you like that's that. that's cool. I'm saying it's totally cool to put things in your butt as long as some random ass motherfucker isn't on the side of the stage telling you to put it up your butt is my point. Okay. 
Take care of yourselves. Have a good time. Listen to music. Don't listen to the Stone Temple Pilots. Stay off fucking drugs. Also, my God, man, Stone Temple Pilots should just fucking quit. Oh, yeah. If anyone knows these guys, please tell them. Yes, start a new band. You're listening to this. Share this episode with them. But is this or is this not the tackiest thing that any band ever does? Which is Always. the dude dies. There's no chance of you getting it back together. But what else are you going to do? So let's just get another singer and put him in there. The only time it's even remotely acceptable, if it's like a uh, a fundraiser for charity and they have yes. 20 different singers fill in different songs. Yes. Only passable thing. Touring full-time? Fuck you. Yeah. No, that's not a thing. It never works. Cannot think of one time that I've been like, oh, I can't wait to go see this band with a totally different singer that doesn't sound anything like the original. Has it ever been good? No, never. Just start a different band, right? Yeah, always. That's always the answer. How hard is it to start a different band? If the reason you're successful is because you're good at this, be good at it. Write new songs and be good at it in a new band. Yeah. Unless that's not the reason that you're successful. <laughs> it has nothing to do with talent, and it's just you happen to get in there. The shit stars have aligned in your favor. And this happens to be the only thing people know that you do, so this is the only thing you can sell tickets for. If you have made it through this entire episode and you still think that the fucking Stone Temple Pilots are your favorite band? Your favorite band sucks. You're welcome for another episode of Shirley Temple's Pussy. You know, a lot of people think we're so mean. This podcast, it's such an awful concept. They can't believe anyone would do it, etc. Well, you better believe it, because we are doing it, and you're probably outnumbered by the people who are going to like it. But if you really do think Mark and I are so mean, check this out. While getting ready to do this episode, I came across a Pitchfork review of Stone Temple Pilots' Tiny Music album. This is a great example of the difference between being funny and being a complete piece of shit, and it's also a great example of why so many people hate the whole website Pitchfork, because this review was published on Pitchfork. It was actually written by the founder of the website, Pitchfork. I'm just going to read the last paragraph of this review here. It starts off making fun of Scott Weiland's lyrics, which is totally valid. Uh, quote, other insightful lyrics on the record include, I can't walk, I can't talk, booze, I can booze, steal your shoes. He's a poet and we don't know it. So Scott, here's what you do. Get out of bed, tie yourself off, and fall directly into space forever. But don't just do it for yourself. Do it for me. End quote. Earlier in the review, referred to Scott as a, quote, drug-addled son of a bitch that should have OD'd a long time ago, end quote. I assume I don't need to spend very much time talking about how unacceptable this album review is. The fact that it exists is unacceptable, let alone that it was published by what is now generally regarded as the leading authority on music in the Western world. We shouldn't be describing to drug addicts how nice it would be for them to overdose and die. But you see, this means you need us. That's what you get when there's no one there to call bullshit, is pitchfork writers handing out death sentences to struggling drug addicts. The real amazing thing about that whole indie tastemaker scene is you could find perfectly valid reasons to hate it even if they weren't morally bankrupt with insufferable personalities. Just look at the bands they make famous. Does anyone really believe a band like Modest Mouse could have been successful enough to deserve an episode on this podcast without these scene kids gaslighting each other into saying it's good? There's no chance. And just to prove it, we're going to be nice and give you that Modest Mouse episode that neither you nor they deserve next week on Your Favorite Band Sucks. I know that's a long wait for someone with nothing to think about.